You are listening to episode 255 of Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we realize now we should have done this as our fourth game of the month in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. That's uh, not what I was anticipating was going to come up, actually. That's that's what I aim to do. Subvert. Yeah. So uh, for this week's Inflation Deflation, we played some Super Castlevania 4 on, well, the Super Nintendo. Hell yeah. Uh, so we'll dive into that in our Inflation Deflation segment of the week. Uh, but of course, we'll start off with that. You can find us on the GameFlators.com, our currently out of date website. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. It'll be at the Game Deflators on there. Uh, Instagram and Facebook is also at the Game Deflators, and an X or Twitter is at Game Deflators. You can find us uh, on the podcast app you're listening to right now. Give us a five star review; we'd really appreciate it. All right, man. Recent pickups. I have uh, an idea. Yes, maybe I should change the intro to Magic Cards. John's recently picked up games. Ryan hasn't been playing because <laughs> this is every week now. Uh, yeah, I would say so, because um, that's what I picked up was magic cards, obviously. And a lot of it is because I'm just making various decks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm currently working on like it's called a fight rigging combo deck and standard where you're able to go ahead and pretty much like on turn four, bust out like a giant eight, eight creature. Mm hmm. That then allows you to um, actually it's a seven, seven creature, but then allows you to bring in like other creatures from the top of your deck or your opponent's deck. It's interesting, but it's it's pretty cool, like the way that it functions. So I'm excited about that. Uh, And then also I've been working on my rat deck. Mm -hmm. So I've got just about everything on the rat deck, like good to go. Uh, It's just a matter of getting like, I think, two more cards in the mail. So I think the next tournament I play, unless we do drafting next week, which I'm thinking might be a good idea uh, since, you know, won't be available the following week. Um, You know, if we don't do a draft next week, I'll probably play one of those two decks at the next tournament. Mm -hmm. So that's the plan there. As far as video games, though, uh, my wife and I beat Last of Us Part One. How'd you like it? Well, I mean, I've beat it before. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. How'd she like it? She liked it. She was actually really excited about the story. Um, you guys watch the show yeah so she actually watched the show first first. so this is what's funny it's like i told her a while back when the show was announced i'm like we should play last of us part one because you know you you're gonna get more out of that and then the show's gonna come out and she's like well i don't want to be disappointed i want to enjoy the show i'm like all right cool that makes sense um so show is really good obviously and she was like okay i really want to play the game and that's a while back we decided to go ahead and start it and then we just went months and months about playing it we recently picked it up like i think it was late last week we recently picked it back up and we beat it last night nice and uh she after that what's funny is she's like well now i want to play part two because i want to play the game before the next season comes out because there's so much like detail that's Mm -hmm. in the actual game itself she's like well this wasn't in the show or that wasn't in the show um you know well what like i remember this being in the show like little things like that and um like there's a whole school 
section, for example, or like how you interact with Bill in the very beginning, like all of those things are not technically in the show themselves and are just kind of put into place, um, you know, in the show so that you kind of know what's happening and, you know, it, it's close enough to the game because you have to condense so much into a, what was it, eight episodes or something like that. So mm-hmm. now that she's seen like how much story was in there and that the show was actually pretty good. Uh, she's like, yeah, let's play number two. So we actually started that as well. Um, didn't play too much. We got to Abby and where Abby's just like, screw it. I'm going to go and try to do what I need to do. Right. Um, within the snow. So the moment hasn't happened. The moment hasn't happened. Does yet. she know about it? Suspicions. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm waiting for that reaction. Yeah. Um, so is the whole world. <laughs> yeah. All of our listeners are waiting. Uh, oh, so, no, I mean, for season two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Season like two. The people that don't know, like, there's going to be, I'm sure almost everybody's going to get spoiled on it. But, like, oh, yeah. It's when it happens, it's going to be insane. I can't wait to see. Yeah. Like, shit's just going to go crazy. So, started playing number two, and then I'm still playing uh, Magic Arenas. Uh, my mono red deck is ridiculous um it's hilarious man like there's the occasional match i lose to things that like it's just gonna lose to um but in general like i win a vast majority of my matches so much that um when i'm playing against like you know certain types of decks i'll just drop like a monastery swift spear turn one and they quit because they know what's happening or like turn three, I've dealt so much damage and there's no answer that they can provide. Like there's no board wipe on turn four for them. They're just like, what do I do? You know? Mm -hmm. So if like I'm controlling your board and I'm throwing out creatures and dealing like 11, 12 damage by turn three, you're not going to do anything. You can't board wipe me. You might be able to destroy a creature or two, but at that point I've already got so much on the board, that it's just not going to happen. So, um, that's been pretty fun to just kind of like blaze through matches. Like within the last two days, I've gone from like a gold four to a platinum two already. Like it's insane how fast I'm going through this. So I'm hoping to hit diamond again. That's I hit diamond two like a couple seasons ago. And then I want to get the mythic, which would be pretty cool. And then uh, white Knight Chronicles. I didn't play too much this week. Um, in fact, I, I played a little bit and then fell asleep. So I have to restart the entire section of where I was at. Um, but I'm close to the end of that game. And I don't know, man, like at this point, I'm just beating it to beat it to get out of the way. But story wise, like it's been OK. Nothing's like really kind of stuck out to me. And part of like while we're playing Last of Us, I'm not actively falling asleep. Yeah. Right. Even though it's the same time frame. Now, yeah. if I were to put in White Knight Chronicles at the exact same time, I would probably start falling asleep. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a, a story piece, if it's just the gameplay is super calming and Last of Us is a little it more just like triggers you in the in the lullaby spot. I guess, man, it's just one of those Some things, things that just I put you out. I guess. Yeah. Like certain things just do it. Um, so hey, we'll now, see. you know, if you're ever struggling to sleep, just Throw on a little bit of White Knight Chronicles. Maybe don't finish that game or until you could stay awake. Yeah. Or just put on an RPG because that seems to be like what's triggering it. Yeah. Like any action game, I got no problem. But throw on White Knight Chronicles and other RPGs, I'm screwed apparently. Yeah. So that's that's been my situation. We're recording on a short week, if people don't know. Um, so we're recording on a Thursday night. Normally it's Sunday. So 
it'll be interesting to see like what you've kind of played this week and what you've gotten done. I um, know it won't be. Yeah, ne- never mind. I'm looking at the notes and I don't see the darkness. No, you here. certainly don't. I, I've not played anything in a couple of weeks except for a little tiny bit of Starfield. And that's even been like a while since. So, yeah, nothing on my end. Uh, Game Pass has some new games, though. Uh, Cocoon is out. That looks really fun. That does look cool. Uh, Dark Tide. Uh, that's a Warty, Warhammer 40K thing. Mm-hmm. That looks pretty cool. And I guess it got a recent update that's supposed to make it better. Um, yeah, those are neat. I, I might try those at some point. I'm vaguely interested in each of them. Hmm. So it's good to have those there. Um, other than that, uh, I, I kind of straightened out my schedule. Here's a here's a pro tip. Pro tip for Ryan. Make, make a chalk calendar and put all your stuff on it so that you can plan out your time better. Uh, but when you do... Before you fill out the entire month's schedule in chalk, make sure that you've got the hanging holes on the top side. (laughs) (laughs) Our whole first month of October looks beautiful and we can't hang it up because it's upside down. You know, that that is something that would happen to you, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there's a pro tip for you. Yeah. Um, But other than that, uh, I mean... That's all I got. Well, easy peasy. Very easy. Well, let's jump into our discussion topic then, Um, which actually before we do that, um, I'm look. I'm going to look at the calendar really quick because I should have a video game pickup soon. Uh, I will not have it for the 15th. I should have a video game pickup on the 22nd. Mario, Mario. That is my plan. Yep, that's my plan. Okay. Discussion topic. I figured we could talk the D&D campaign. It's been a little bit since we talked some Strixhaven. We have a new party member uh, since one of our party members decided to bolt and ghost us and not talk to us anymore, which dumbest shit ever. Um, but that was discussed in uh, the D&D episode with Joel. So if you want to hear how all of that shenanigans came about and all of the ways that, you know, as a DM, we try to navigate around you know, people not no showing and flaking and all of that. Go check out that episode. So it's like D&D all day, every day, part five, I think. Um, but as far as our campaign, we have our friend Thomas is now playing a tiefling in the campaign. Um, and I think where I last left off in terms of discussion for people that are following along with this, uh, we went to platform 69, three quarters. We had the whole election uh, that led to the party going off to um, the Rose Stage Festival where you guys fought a Feywild Owlbear prop, which, dude, this campaign, it's like the weirdest things, at least in chapter one. Like, you know, everything that is happening, it it happens in such a manner. You guys are like, OK, cool, like we're going to go do something and then this is going to happen. Something's going to come alive from this uh, black icker stuff and we're going to fight and then rinse and repeat. Like, that's what it feels like in chapter one. So I'm hoping in chapter two to get a little bit away from that. Um, And I did do that a bit in the end of uh, chapter one, where you guys went to the swamp and you guys ended up fighting. um, So you're aware. And now that you're past it, the book actually calls for you guys to battle a couple wargs. And then like, that's it. Like, and you explore, you see a couple things and that's it. The black puddings, the shambling mounds, 
all of that was homebrewed in because I was like, this is stupid. Like they're going to finish like this minor battle and then to close out the chapter, there's no like big massive fight to like try and cure this swamp. They're just going to go in and pour some holy water in the water and bolt. That's it. So I had to kind of finagle some stuff. And then uh, now uh, I've got you guys obviously uh, on a summer break vacation in space, which is so out there uh, Mm -hmm. and what we're doing. And you guys have gotten pretty much sucked into orbit to a large mysterious ship with all of its inhabitants on there ripped to shreds. And you've kind of deduced that it's a rabid giant space hamster that is killing everything. And I'm trying to give you guys alien vibes with, you know, the vents and everything and creatures coming out and rat swarms and all of this other mess happening. So in all that's happened, are you enjoying it? I'm just yeah. curious. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I like that we're kind of doing something a bit different now uh, just to kind of mix up the feel. Uh, the only thing that's weird for me is just like the school element of it in some instances where it's like sometimes it feels like. Is this is this wizard college or is this wizard high school? Yeah, me too. I get the same vibe when reading the book like it's not super clear like it's a wizard college but everybody wanted to like i didn't constrain you guys to say hey you have to be like x age and this is what you're doing right which yeah i should have been a little more like hey you guys are all 16 year olds Mm -hmm. right and like this is what's happening but then you have jolie's like no i want to be like a hundred year old you know artificer whatever the hell he is yeah (laughs) you know so artificer half elf i think is what his character is Mm -hmm. so um you know and i I don't want to like constrain you guys right i don't want you to think like oh i i have to play a 15 year old or 16 year old and get in that mindset like i wanted you guys to have like that availability to do what you felt was right yeah um so the whole like i think your character and joel's character are going back to school technically uh jenny's character as you guys know was shipped to school Thomas's character as a new character in the campaign. Uh, you guys don't know too much about him. He hasn't expressed that. Uh, Angela's character is, of course, legit. She went to school like this is her home now. Mm-hmm. And then that's it because our other party member is no longer there. Well, yeah. technically, her character is in the college, but you guys don't interact with her. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, it it happens and we got somebody else in there. And we finished our first year. Yeah. So, you know, that's cool. We got a few more years to go. We'll have to see where the school takes us. But for now, I am interested in this rabid space hamster. I feel like my character is coming along well. I mean, yep. we just hit fourth level. So it's always nice to get those attribute increases. Like, I'm finally feeling like a little bit less squishy. I've got, you know, a decent handful of spells so i feel a lot more sorceress at level four and i'm I'm ready to take on some stuff yeah and i um i'm trying to do a little bit better job in assisting you guys of your characters through like common and uncommon magic items and such whenever i can but i'm gonna try and also do a better job of hiding said items so um a couple sessions ago, actually, because Joel, for example, has been spamming the hell out of his like detect magic 
And I was like, how do I get around this? Cause like, what am I supposed to do? Like if he can detect magic in every instance, there's gotta be something to do. So like you were at a magic college. Everything is magic. Well, yes, everything is magic, but it's, it's being used for the purpose of like finding shit. Right. So wait, you wait, no, we're using detect magic to detect magic to literally, I mean, I'm talking spamming. It's like, well, I can use as a ritual. So just think I'm going to be casting it all the time. Like I'm going to sit there 10 minutes, cast it at last 10 minutes, cast it at last. Right. So what I was reading is that, you know, if you want to conceal certain items, it's like, okay, um, I'm going to put an item in a chest and that chest is going to have, it's going to be surrounded by a thin piece of metal can't see past that right so you have to like actually roll a good investigation check to find certain items in certain spaces like you mean like a big box covered in metal no it could be for example if there was a a jewelry box that had a couple magic rings in it you know maybe that box is you know a metal box because that way it isn't detect like detect magical right like detectable by detect magic right so like doing things like that to force you guys a little more in the instance of like investigating certain spaces. It's not a, Oh, detect magic's on. Oh, there's something bright and shiny 30 feet away. Let's go to that room and see what it is. I mean, oh, you look. could do like a wall safe. I, I did actually, I did that for the spaceship where Joel was like, I use detect magic and I'm like, okay, well the walls are like super thick. Oh, well I can see beyond a certain amount of feet. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine because there's a thin piece of metal in between that wall. So good mm-hmm. luck. So like little things like that I'm doing to, to, you know, force you guys to actually do things and force roles things. No, I mean, force you guys to do roles. Cause like, I come on, like detect magic spammed and the ability to just like, I'm going to look at everything. Traps is another example. Like I'm starting to do more crude traps in the game, which is what you saw when Angela's character went to that, uh, that freezer in the kitchen or that cooler and then stepped on a plate. She didn't do a, a check at any point for traps and a bunch of knives come flying out of nowhere because, Hey, the chef doesn't want anybody going in the fridge. So little things like that, I'm trying to incorporate to keep you guys more on your toes and allow you to get back to the basics of D and D where things are going to happen. And you're just, you're going to be more surprised by it versus, you know, being able to come about it on yourself with no, like, like the detect magic thing, you know, like yeah. if there's if there's no reason for you guys to do roles, you're just going to be doing detect magic all the time to find shit or doing it to find certain types of traps. So at least doing it in a different manner, it allows you guys to get more back to that basic or classic D&D style of gaming where it's like there's a lot more rolling. There's a lot more investigation and things along those lines to get you guys to think critically versus like, OK, we're just going to have things handed to us. Yeah. So hopefully that approach comes across positively um, in the year two. I've started implementing that, obviously, in the last few sessions, and I think it's gone pretty well. Yeah, I think you've been doing good. Yeah. Well, um, unless you got anything else for the people on that storyline or what's happening. No, I mean, everything's going along really well. I'm having a pretty good time. I am not stressing about not taking as much notes as I used to. And I am just uh, going along with the flow and trying to live my best sorceress life. Well, luckily, Angela and Jenny take a lot of notes. So, yeah, yeah, you're pretty safe with that. And then Joel's pretty good about mental notes. And then I, I take my own notes on the side. So, like, there's never a, a point in time where you're not going to, like, 
feel like, oh, I completely forgot. So as long as you keep track of your own stuff, you'll be all right. No, yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know what happened. It just said lost connection and gained connection. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out if this recording gets screwed over. All right. So let's dive into our articles for the week. The first one is Nintendo confirms the Lego Animal Crossing collaboration. This is Ashley uh, Barden at Kotaku. Yeah, so this is the you start first off. You're story. excited. Yeah, this is the first story because it's the best story. I mean, since Nintendo and Lego announced collaboration, this needed to happen. Who doesn't love a good Lego? Who doesn't love a good Animal Crossing? I want this. I want to build it. I want to display it in my home. I want to admire it and retire there early. <laughs> so I'm actually not as excited about this because I'm not a big Animal Crossing fan. However, I still will get it to stay within the theme of video game Legos. At this point, I'm going to get the Sonic ones. I'll get the Animal Crossing. I'm going to get the Donkey Kong stuff. I need I need one more Donkey Kong set and I'll be good. You're going to retire on this. I'm just going to have like Lego boxes everywhere. But no, I mean, I'm getting it for my son, obviously. So down the road, he can play with these things. And if he doesn't, then I'll sell it. You know, like it'll be worth quite a bit down the road just because of how things go. Oh, my God, your Corgi is in the back with the transmutation circle. And I'm just laughing. Um, so <laughs> every time, dude, I'm every single time. I'm going to start like, hiding that just watching him and he's just like i'm going to be a demon and there he goes okay uh <laughs> so to get back on track there uh i see that you put some notes on that you're gonna fight scalpers here and oh yeah yeah i don't think you'll have an issue actually and the main reason being is it's lego actually manufacturing and putting product on market and not nintendo Nintendo is just like licensing it out, basically. So I've had zero issue trying to come across Lego sets for like mm -hmm. anything Nintendo tie in like they do. Lego does a fantastic job of putting product out there and making sure that there's enough quantities for people. I don't even think there's like limited stuff for Lego. Like I haven't seen anything. that's like, oh, we're only going to have this during a limited period of time. Blah, blah, blah. Like that, that just doesn't happen. If it gets sold out, Lego always has a note that's like, Oh, hey, FYI, product is low. We're expecting, you know, a restock like they're always restocking. And it it's always felt to me like I've never had an issue finding a Lego set that I want to buy. Yeah, I mean, I found uh, I did see the BTS one still at a Barnes and Noble the other day. Yeah. The only thing, though, is Lego similar to Nintendo. Their stuff never gets discounted. Yeah. Pretty it much. just gets retired like and then it goes up in price after it gets retired. So that's the biggest issue. So like there's literally like a 20 piece Mario, like the fire flower set, right? That you play with the uh, the overall Mario set. That's mm -hmm. like 50 bucks. Yeah. For just like, yeah. For just like 25, 30 pieces. Like that's crazy. So I anticipate you'll probably have a similar issue with uh, maybe some of the minis um, and stuff on Animal Crossing. But again, like until they retire a product, it should be widely available for you. Yeah, I don't think I would buy like just random minifig packs. Like I know that's a whole thing. Like I saw they came out with these ones recently and they changed the box or whatever. And people were just like slipping the minifigs out of the box. Yeah. And jacking them. And it's like, oh, man, people, why you got to do this? But like they also have people who are like, oh, no. <clears throat> Sorry. They're like, hey. You got to bring a scale 
and there's a weight chart <laughs> so you can know which figure you're getting. Is it really? Yeah, I guess it's a thing. Oh, wow. Going into like Walmart with a food scale. Probably more sensitive than a food scale, even, I would imagine. Maybe. I don't know. To detect well, like just a tiny little difference in like the amount of plastic. Yeah. I mean, who the hell's doing that type of science? Dude, people that don't have the extra four dollars times how many ever random chances you need to pull that super rare one that they only put one in the box i mean at that point just buy a whole box you can do that well yeah but maybe you don't want to open all of them so you could sell them i guess yeah i guess i see your point it's kind of like the old map packing in magic where the booster packs were lined up in such a way that you could actually like you would say okay the top left corner that's a you know a bulk rare next one's a bulk rare oh this one's a mythic that's a mythic and so on you could literally like map out the box and so there were certain cards if i'm correct if i recall there were certain cards that were printed within certain sets so like card a was always printed with card b and card c and card d and so if you opened up however many packs you knew okay like my eighth pack down it's this card my next pack is going to be this card and so on to a science yeah like there was a whole science i think they, they've done a better job i want to say of randomizing it but it's still to this day where like most stores when they crack open a booster box they literally like shuffle all the packs yeah because they technically are kind of stacked still to an extent which I is get. why which is why when we did the uh that whatever masters set two that had come out and it was like 60 or 70 bucks to do a, a sealed you know or, or draft or whatever it was and I was pretty pissed off at the store manager because he was just like, here's three packs for you and three packs for you and three packs for you. And I got like straight garbage and a guy in front of me pulled like, you know, two massive rares. Right. And it was kind of set like that. It was like every third person had like great pulls and then the rest of us had garbage. And it wasn't like one good pull. It was like two good pulls for what they got. So, yeah, I, I mean, look at all this random chance. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I question it. All right. Next thing here, uh, still sticking with Nintendo, is Nintendo's Wii U and 3DS online services will be shutting down in April. Uh, this is Richard Lawler at The Verge. And uh, so this is not the eShop. The eShop is done. This is straight up online services, right? And so there are certain functions like the, um, what is it, the Street Pass and things like yeah. that that'll still work, which is pretty cool. But the actual like servers that, you know, you can play the games online, that's gone in april um but so pretty cool i was looking at the uh, the comments here apparently there's like free servers that people are doing like keep things alive oh called yeah pretendo so apparently you can go on pretendo and still play a lot of these games online with your friends regardless after the fact and not all games are supported but apparently they will be supporting more games down the road how long that lasts because of a cease and desist not sure yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that was to be expected at some point. And I love the 3DS. I think it is an amazing console. It sold a ton of units. It had a lot of great games. I love any chance I get a, an opportunity to play something on it. I still really want to get a 2DS. Uh, but Street Pass is amazing. There's so much charm and great stuff that I think me and a lot of other people really wish they would bring back like maybe in the switch too, like give us the ability to have like a cool desktop wallpaper thing, you know, give us like some of those integrated Nintendo, like 
oh, you take a picture of your face and then you blast the little face things that are flying in or or things like that. Give us some more of that kind of stuff back because it, it really feels like the Switch just never really grew into anything more. Like it kind of launched and stayed that way and just like the storefront sucks. You know, it's just very cut and dry. I like the news channel thing. That's fun that they have like tips and like gifts and all kinds of stuff that goes on in there like that's cool but it could be more robust like where's a me plaza like tons of people walk around with like a switch and stuff so like being able to still connect um and do like all, all that kind of stuff is very nintendo and i would like to see it back yeah you know the point you bring up about storefronts in general i I don't know how Microsoft is affairs, but like Sony, I don't, I don't like Sony storefront either. No. Like their online front, like it's in my it's opinion, a pain terrible. in the butt to get your uh, PS plus stuff. Yeah. Like and you can't just hit the thing and go to the thing and download the thing. I feel No, like. ever since they had the multiple tiers, like you had PlayStation plus and it's like, and I'm not subscribed to it anymore. Actually. Um, I just realized that recently. Uh, but if you go on there, it's like, okay, well, here's all the three things. And then, oh, you want to find your PlayStation Plus games? You got to like dig for it. Um, so that's kind of annoying. But as if I had to compare it to Nintendo and PlayStation, just given the, you know, the time that I've had in both of those storefronts, I would honestly choose the Switch like over to PlayStation storefront. I prefer it. To me, it's yeah, easier I to don't navigate. Really like, yeah, I don't really like PlayStation's like choosing one letter at a time. Yeah, and it populates a list of like everything they have on their servers. I yeah, I like. I I think Nintendo's approach. I mean, it's just so dry. Like, there's no like fun like Wii shopping channel music and. Yeah, but you know, it's it's easy to use. It's definitely user friendly in my opinion compared to Sony's storefront. So, I'm all for it. Like, if Sony had a very similar storefront to Nintendo, like being able to filter through different types of games and pricing and other stuff. Like I'd be down with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't really go into Xbox's storefront, but like game pass is laid out really well. Like, whereas I don't really know for Sony, do you just have to know what games are included in those services or do they have like a page you go to that shows all the games just in a list. Well, I'm going to retract a part of my statement. So as far as I remember, you can actually filter with Sony's um, online services, like for certain games. But I feel like Nintendo is a little more robust in that aspect. To answer your question on those three tiers, though, yeah, you can actually click. It's like collections. And then you go to like the PlayStation Plus collections and it opens up the three tiers. And it's like, here's what's available in this tier and this tier and that tier. And then you can go into that um and then add those games mm -hmm. yeah so right. but yeah so overall you know i wish sony did a few changes i haven't messed with microsoft you know at some point whenever i go to your place i want to i want to see like the storefront for microsoft i'm curious how game pass actually looks and such because i haven't messed with it like yeah. in any capacity i mean you could go and do a five dollar like test subscription for a month yeah Maybe when I start playing my computer a bit more. Yeah, there's lots of stuff you could play on the computer. Yeah, I need to get a when hell is Hellblade out yet? No, right? No, not yet. when Hellblade comes out, I'll probably do a Game Pass like there one month go. type of thing. 
All right. Our last thing here is WWE's Randy Orton paid someone a thousand dollars to level up his Elden Ring character. So weird. And this is also Kotaku. You didn't put a buy on here, though. Oh, I didn't. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, This one is by Isaiah Colbert or Colbert. I'm not sure. So it's probably Colbert. So I found this to be kind of funny because I used to watch Randy Orton wrestling for years and i know he still wrestles or he's injured right now i want to say uh but i found this to be kind of hilarious in that it's two other wrestlers like former wwe wrestlers um that run a podcast or no longer with the company and on their twitch stream they were like hey uh yeah he straight up paid us a thousand what was it Bu- bucos is that what you call bucks buco bucks a thousand buco bucks too no buco <laughs> means like a lot Okay, well, he buco like bucks. We made okay. buco bucks. I don't know what the hell buco is. I just got explained it's to me. It's spelled 10 minutes weird. Ago. <laughs> the guy like opens up. It's in his like opening paragraph, and I've just never seen the world word buco written out, and it's uh, blowing John's mind. I didn't even know it was a damn word until today. Thirty five minutes ago, I found out it was a word. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I read, I'm like. I was like, what the hell are buco bucks? Is that like a special form of currency in games? I had no idea. It's but like V bucks. Yeah, it, it, it's like V bucks. Yeah. So buco bucks, a lot of money. So really to a wrestler, it depends on your stature in a company and how long you've been in and whatnot. But a thousand bucks could be a lot for a wrestler. And uh, yeah, to so get paid to level somebody's Elden Ring character, hey, no matter what. He leveled them to a fa- uh, hundred level 100 is what it got to that's to me that's a lot of time to make a, a thousand bucks like unless he was hitting like the right place to no, spam dude, he just like kept grinding that giant dragon for like a million runes over and over again i'm sure yeah i, yeah, I, I guess yeah if he's really good about it, on, so. like a few movies and do that yeah so that's pretty much the story like randy orton apparently just loves the the elden ring and dark souls type games but he doesn't like how difficult they are so he's like i want to enjoy enjoy dark souls and elden ring for the story and here i am like i can't follow the damn story it's just so confusing to me half the time so i'm in it for all the gameplay and Mm -hmm. the grinding and the crazy boss fights and everything else so interesting to hear somebody else's approach to say i really like the lore in it because to me story-wise I thought Elden Ring was the worst as far as story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know me, I'm a Sekido guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, Sekido is like the ultimate souls born Sekido. or no Sekido souls born ring. There we go. That's the new, new term. Um, I love that story. Elden Ring to me was not that great. And then the lore and everything of dark souls is actually very intriguing, but it's a lot to follow in dark souls. Yeah. All right, well, not much else on that. Nah, that yeah, was just a it's, fun just, arc. it's just a weird thing. I mean, I I can't imagine what you're getting out of Dark Souls by just having like somebody max level you because it's I don't I don't know. Does that just guarantee you kill everything? No, because you could be a high level and still die in that game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, Dark Souls, I feel like your skills all taper off and you get diminishing returns. Like the more you put levels into stuff. So like eventually you're getting like very incremental gains. And I imagine the bosses still probably do like a ton of damage. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's based on like armor and, and you know how quickly you can get out Maybe of a boss fight. Maybe it just makes it way, way easier. Probably not like a walk in the park. Still, yeah, I would think that's it because like still like a swarm of enemies coming at you and hitting you over and over again, and then you trying to slash like one or two, you're still gonna die in that game, no matter how yeah. high of a level you are. You probably have a bajillion stamina. Yeah, at that point, a lot of stamina, a lot of health. And then maybe a lot of defense. I don't know what he did, but um, overall, he got to however many runes and got the level 100 for him, which is kind of high, I guess. Like, I remember playing Dark Souls 3. I think I got to like level 120 or 150 in my first run. So, I mean, there's there's quite a few levels that you can go into. Yeah, it's kind of weird. This is like another situation of paying to play less of the game yeah like whenever you see like experience boosters or anything i always see it as like the developer is letting you pay more money to play less of the game yeah well so ryan i'm gonna offer my services to you for games that you have not completed if you want to pay me a thousand dollars i can go through and and finish all the games that you didn't complete this year (laughs) i might take you up on that john yeah then we can say ryan beat games be great all right, well, our uh, last segment for today is our Inflation Deflation, Super Castlevania 4 on the Super Nintendo. It was developed by Konami, published by Konami, directed by Masahiro, is that Ueno? Ueno, Uno. Um, released in December of 1991 for North America, but it was actually released on Halloween in Japan. So pretty fun fact there. Uh, it is an action platformer. Reception is around a 7 to nine out of 10. I finally got that right for once. And the game itself is a century after Christopher Belmont slew Dracula, the vampire Lord indeed rises from his grave and Simon, the most famous of the clan steals himself for war against the forces of darkness to cleanse Transylvania of his curse. What? (laughs) Uh, This was like one of the best ones that we've played in a while. I feel I had, a ton of fun playing this game. It is like, why don't we do this more often? Like, it you know, feels so good to like really have a good time playing a game and just be like, dang, like, I wish I could just keep playing instead of having to do other stuff right now. I really wish this is one that we would have played together this week. We had to, you know, remotely each of us play our own copies. And yeah, this is one that I was like, man, I really wish Ryan was here, like, so we can enjoy this one and go through to. Yeah. How far did you battle. get? Uh, I got through like level two on this one, like pretty quick. Um, I, it was more so like just kind of busting candles and playing around with the controls and such. And, you know, being able to make your chain go limp and swing it eight different directions. Yeah. So cool things like that. But ah, just flailing it in front of yeah, you. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Yeah, I was trying to go through as many times as I could through the levels to get to different items. So like being able to use the axe, the watch. Uh, the dagger and there was one other thing i think holy water um what's that holy water uh no to shuriken oh and holy water yeah shuriken, the and shuriken holy. is the cross the cross shuriken there we go it looked like a shuriken it was just like a square it didn't look like a damn cross looks like I don't, I don't know it looked like a square on my copy it didn't look like a cross weird like it yeah not a square but like a plus sign yeah. That's what it looked like. Yeah, but it didn't you know, look like a square. A, the a thing squ- that's two lines intersecting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, dude, I don't know what's up today. Uh, no, it, it looked like it was a, a plus sign. Yeah, yeah, it's a cross. In a square shape. 
classic <laughs> classic castlevania but <laughs> launch the square yeah um but yeah if you want to go through your experience and then i'll dive into mine yeah so uh i love the opening here it definitely sets the mood like i i don't traditionally associate castlevania as being like spooky time games for spooky month but it is like a horror series and seeing like the original Castlevania games, you know, how much they had to try to lean into the very limited ability that they had to portray horror. You know, they did a pretty decent job and they were hard as balls. So, you know, that's scary enough as it is. Uh, this one, I got to like level four or something. Damn. Yeah, I was doing pretty good in here before I got my like... uh game over ran out of continues but um i think that the controls are really tight in such a way that there were so many times where i was like so sure i wasn't going to make this jump and then just barely made that jump and other times where it's like i hit my head on this thing and fell down like four times please dear god let me make this next attempt and uh, it felt just so good. Like there were places where I was just like really in tune and I was like hitting all my whips and doing everything right and like swapping out the weapon. It's like perfect time for an axe throw. I, I really dig some Castlevania and this is a great one that I've never played before. Yeah, this one for me was same experience. It was super fluid in everything that I was playing. Um, you know, being able to go up the stairs easily was kind of nice. Uh, to me, the game actually felt pretty easy in comparison yeah, to other Castlevania games. And for sure. It turns out that that's actually like on purpose. They did that. So um, this game itself. So the, uh, the director loved Castlevania one so much that he himself actually says Castlevania four is pretty much a remake of number one mm -hmm. is kind of how he sees it. But like the boss battles were made much easier with, uh, you know, more patterned out. Uh, than just kind of randomization, which makes yeah. the boss fights easier. Uh, the enemies themselves were not very difficult at all. Like, I never had any trouble with enemies. In fact, I think I died falling through um, trap doors and stuff more yeah. than anything else. Uh, so, yeah, like the enemies themselves are quite easy. And then the boss fight was like super easy, at least the first one. And then um, I played a little bit of the second level and then I, I had to go to bed at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great. I, I definitely enjoyed myself. This is one that I can see myself picking back up and completing at some point in time. Yeah, it's a it's a great game. Definitely would recommend uh, breaking it down to the brass tacks. Uh, we got a complete inbox copy going for a big one eighty nine thirty five. That peaked at two fifty four forty back in December of twenty twenty one. Uh, it came like way down after that. And then this is like a really high sale compared to the last one. Um, but yeah, it's it's trending back down now. Um, it looks like for a loose copy, though, you'll be paying forty three twenty five. Uh, that peaked at fifty three twelve uh, just this past month in September twenty twenty three. And that itself is on the way down as well. So both kind of hitting a big peak and on their way down. I think that, uh, you know, this is a super Nintendo game. Whenever we would talk about a super Nintendo game, uh, the box, man, like, do you need the box? Like it's a game cart. It's going to be fine. 
it's going to match all the other ones that you have that aren't in a box. But I will say that Castlevania 4 box is a good-looking box. Yeah, this game in particular, I have the manual for it. Funny enough, I sold the box before I had a copy of the manual a long time ago. So I, I honestly should have a complete in box, but I don't. Um, actually, I got the box in the the great gaming pickup of oh, 2020. Yeah. yeah. And in the manual, I got at some random point in another collection down the yeah. road. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. It'll happen. Yeah, it happens. I think what happened was like I got the box and I didn't have the game and I didn't have the manual. I sold the box. I got you the got game. a Voltron up, John. Yeah, I don't know. Super weird. Um, but either way, like I would never find myself like trying to purchase a box to make this complete uh, unless it was like super cheap. Uh, and I know that box they're not. only price sixty six thirty two. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not worth it at that point. Like I'll just sell. I'll sell the manual and make like my fifty bucks or whatever off of the manual. The manual's twenty five. Oh, really? Then. Yeah, and that makes no sense for a complete in box to be a 189. Like Voltron, dude, it's the power of Voltron. So when I look at these pictures here and I forget that they used to have that like little uh, cardboard surround that makes the game fit perfectly in the box. Yeah, you don't have to buy like the same one. You can get a a random one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like if somebody's like, oh, it's just a cardboard box and it's missing the interior cardboard. It's like, oh, OK, cool. That's that's all good. Like just buy one from another game. that's complete, you know. So pass that pass that problem down the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I'm going to take it out of this old copy of Madden 94 and then use that instead. Like, yeah. That's... So this is this is a tough game here. So uh, digital. It's not really available. Uh, It's not on NSO. Um, It is on the uh, Super Nintendo Classic. So if you have one of those, it's on there. Enjoy it. That's how I enjoyed it. Um, But other than that, you know, it's up to sailing the high seas. Well, it's it's on the anniversary collections released by Limited Run Games. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But even so, that's still like 50 bucks. I mean, in all honesty, like that to me, when you look at the price here, I, I think for this game, it only sold around 500,000 copies worldwide. So if you think about that, that's actually not a lot for a Super Nintendo game. So like genuinely, I wouldn't say it's an uncommon game, but if you figure there's 350 million people in the US alone and however many in Japan and, and whatnot, and it's only sold 500,000 copies, that's actually not a very large number for a video game in the grand scheme of things. So Yeah, especially because this is like, I would say if you're a Nintendo collector, like this is a must-have for being a Super Nintendo collector. Like I feel like this would be a big piece missing from your, your catalog. Well, and it consistently, in terms of like top 100 lists, it's always listed in the top 100 lists of you know Nintendo games ever released. It's a, yeah, it's a great game in that sense that you could always come back to. So, is it worth the investment of forty three twenty five, John? That's a real question here. I mean, I think if you are specifically collecting Super Nintendo games, like, and you know that these games are available in other mediums like Switch and PS4 and such right now, um, you know, I 
$43 for an older Super Nintendo game that sold 500,000 copies worldwide. I don't think that's too bad of a deal, to be honest. Like, you could go buy the collection right now. That's cool. It's like 50, 60 bucks, I think. I don't remember offhand, but it's not like it's, you know, it's limited run games. They sell a certain amount and then it's it. So that ship has kind of sailed if you wanted to get that brand new, unless you go on eBay and pay secondary rates. I don't know what they're going for right now. So you could theoretically go that route or you can buy this. I think 43 is a good copy or a good price. I think it's just right given the uncommon nature of the title and the fact that, you know, you have the nostalgia and it being on Super Nintendo and a cartridge and all of that. So that's kind of where I would be. Yeah, I would say that uh, in light of, you know, this only going to get more expensive over time, likely it's not going to come down. Um, You know, this used to be around like a $30 game, but now it's hit $50 like, you know, three or four times. I guess like three ish times on here, but uh, settling 40 in between there, I would say like anywhere around 40 would probably be a good price to actually pick one up at. Yeah. But uh, so 43, I mean, I'll call that just right for now also. And, uh, you know, hopefully it just goes up from there for you, I guess. And everybody else who really wants one gets in while they can. Well, and it's a great game. You know, it's not like it's a, a terrible game. And then you have the replayability in terms of speed running and stuff like that is there for a game like this. Uh, and it's just fun. You know, it's a fun game. Yeah. So I, I think it's totally worth it in that respect. And it's one that you can get together with some friends and, and play it. Yes, you can get it. Like if you had to make a decision like, hey, I've got 40 bucks. Do I buy, you know, and you didn't have any like, you know, um, affinity towards one or the other. You know, I'd say go buy the collection if you can, if they're both 40 bucks. You know, I like I said, I don't know the full price on the collection right now, but if if that was your choice and they're both a similar price point, you go for the collection, obviously. Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, next week, let's see. Did we have Luigi's Mansion or no? Uh, We're doing that on the other remote week. That's true. I don't remember what the other game is, but we have them. I promise we have them. We actually put four games on a table and said these are the ones the we're other playing. One's a they VR one. Oh, Home Sweet Home, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna poop our pants next episode. That's what's gonna happen, <laughs> dude. That's gonna be scary as shit. Like, I mean, the other option would be to play Paranormal Activity, but I don't know if I want to do that one. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. Yeah, the best part is that like. In VR, while somebody's playing, you could see what they're doing in the game while they have the headset on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty freaky. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been episode 255 of the Game Players Podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.